before today's episode, we want to talk to you about the Vigit app. Vigit is the number one app for any sports fan out there who likes to bet on sports, talk about sports, talk about their bets. It is the greatest app in the world. We use it every day. We cannot recommend it enough. Download Vigit today. It's on the Apple App Store or the Android Google Play Store. Both platforms. doesn't matter what phone you have. Download it today. It's the greatest app of all time. It is the goat of all apps. Download Vigit today. You can use the code It's Just Money when you first sign up for a thousand free coins. And then when you get in, go to the bottom left corner and join a betting league. Use passcode WIN393 to get into our betting league so we know you're on. Then you can track our picks. We can see your picks. We'll rank each other. And then we can bet each other too. You can also bet against your friend on the app. That's why it's the greatest app of all time. Download Vigit today. We cannot recommend it enough. Now let's roll. I never ask my clients to judge me on my winners. I ask them to judge me on my losers because I have so few. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. And that's all there is to it. Just another fat fuck walking out of the casino with a suitcase. All right, we're back. It is the It's Just Money podcast presented by Vigit. We had a weird week slash weekend. Um, I don't think the college football playoff games went as we thought they would. Uh, I'll let the guys touch on that, and then we'll dive into the NFL wildcard weekend. Yeah, I, you know, I thought about those games kind of looking back and after watching them, and the Alabama game kind of went the way a lot of people thought it would. It felt very one-sided, and it got to the second half where Alabama was just kind of trying to win a game rather than run up points. I thought it was interesting to see, you know, the team put up the points like they did in the first half, and then in the second half they just kind of played ball control um, defense and a conservative offense look, but you, I understand it for sure. It's not like Nick Saban's never been there before. I understood it all. So I saw that game, you know, kind of how it was, but didn't see Ohio state coming out and making a point like they did. Um, Clemson for sure was not ready for that. I think Dabo Sweeney thought he had a solid case and a way to pump up his team and maybe it backfired a little bit, or maybe they just weren't as motivated as Ohio state was. And, Ohio State hadn't played like that all year. That's why it completely surprised everybody. But go Big Ten, I guess. Mm. I would say I had a pretty good weekend. I, I know if you guys followed me on Twitter, like I said, I was playing every bowl game. Uh, we ended up 14-8. and eight. Actually, I'm going to count 15-8 and eight because the Cyclones won. And if I would have bet that game, I obviously would have taken them. So that's obviously a win. I think I even said that in the last podcast. We went 14-8. and eight. Even with an 0-3 day, I think it was like – uh, New Year's Eve with like San Jose State and whoever was else playing that day so even after that we're still up seven units so that's really awesome obviously we're going to go into uh, the last bowl game being the national championship later and then like I said my Cyclones won my Colts are in the playoffs so I, it was a good weekend for betting a great weekend for being a fan yeah I, uh, I had a pretty good day yesterday as well so um, can't complain how the week started and how the new year started for sure so but I'm ready for more I'm ready for more <laughs> So I had a pretty good week record-wise, five and two. It was expanded over the week. Both losses came from the college football playoff. That was Clemson and Bama and horrible backdoor cover allowed by Notre Dame. A lot of people had Notre Dame to cover that game, which they did. So I guess good for you people, but fuck me. Um, no, but it, was, it wasn't bad overall. Ball State plus nine might have been a lock. That was – I don't know what the hell happened in that game, but that was pure domination. I thought San Jose State was going to come out with a little fire. They did not. Um, but there's a couple of good wins here and there. Iowa State, like I said, I bought points up, which you do not see often. It worked out perfectly. 
Uh, they controlled that whole game and got that at six and a half. That was even, so it was plus 100. It's actually plus 102 or something like that. Um, that was a good game. And then the over, last second heroics in the last minute in the A&M North Carolina game saved a lot of us. We love that. We love that bet. We love that pick. And it panned out barely, but it counts. Um, so it was a good weekend. Uh, another good weekend for the podcast. You're welcome. Uh, but let's go in. Let's go to the NFL. Let's go to Bill Stadium, Colts at Bills. Obviously, you're not going to get a pick here from Schaefer. He is a Colts fan. Indianapolis is 11-5 and five overall. They're 8-8 eight and eight against the spread. Buffalo is 13-3 and three overall and 11-5 and five against the spread. The spread in this game is 6.5 in favor of Buffalo. The over-under is 51. And if you're betting Indianapolis, they're plus 250 on the money line. Yeah, looking at this game right now, um, the Colts have kind of been up and down. They've had their spurts and they've had their woes a little bit. But they're in an interesting spot here with a team that's red hot and scoring a lot of points. So um, Indy has like the 10th ranked offense, the 8th ranked defense. Um, so they have pieces there to make a game out of this for sure. To line up there around six and a half, seven is interesting to me. Uh, I think that's just people seeing how well the Bills have been playing on offense and maybe the woes a little bit in the secondary for Indianapolis. But I would lean the Colts six and a half just because I think that this has all the buildup to be a close game. I don't think Indy's going to find themselves down 10 points um, for – at all or if they do it's not going to be for long it might be a situation where they're down seven or down three and um, the bills grab a touchdown and it just gets closer so i think the six and a half is nice i think you can play that for sure um but the colts are two and four against teams with a winning record this year so that's kind of something to look at um not a red flag because i feel like in the nfl on the flip side you could look at somebody and be like oh well they're nine of their 10 wins or 11 wins are against teams with losing records. It's the NFL. There's going to be a lot of teams with losing records. Like it's a tough league. It's hard to win every week. So I don't buy into that too much, um, but they do tend to play in a lot of close games. So I can see this one being close again and kicking off wild card weekend with a good one. Do I get to put in my input cam? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, like JP said, they're eight and eight against the spread. And that is the definition of the Colts this season. One week you'll have them just absolutely killing it. And then the next week, they'll have them shitting the bed. I don't know what we're going to get out of it this weekend. This weekend, like JP said, really has a setup for the Colts to cover six and a half, though. If we can establish the run like we have been in the last eight games, Jonathan Taylor is rushing for over 100 yards uh, since he was finally figured out halfway through the season. We don't have old man Uncle Phil throwing picks, keeping us on the field, making his short throws. And then we do have one of the better defenses in the league. Statistically, that is no doubt about that. I understand that the Bills have a great offense, um, but this has all the mix up for the Colts, keeping it a low scoring game, uh, covering the six and a half and probably playing the under. If we can keep it out of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs' hands, I really like the under in this game for anyone who's interested in playing it. I think it's interesting you look at the secondary with the Colts and stuff, and they've had their issues with different teams through the air. I mean, the Jags had opportunities last week to score points through the air. I mean, look what Josh Allen has done this year with that receiving core. Um, the kid's a gunslinger, and he plays balls of the wall at all times. So I think that's the one thing I got to look at is Josh Allen versus the Colts secondary. How much can they contain him, or how much can he expose that on the back half, you know? So – Definitely look into that. This game is going to – I think it's a good game to kick the weekend off. Yeah. You know, you're not getting – Yeah, great, I don't – One of the best. Yeah, I, I think this game – this line doesn't reflect what I'm excited for in this. I think 
you know, like I said earlier, the six and a half is probably due to the Bills' offensive firepower. But would you say that is that over under at fifty two or so? Is that what I saw? One. That's a lot. It just seems like a lot to me. Well, especially for a playoff game. Snyder, give me a stat who influenced my pick. Well, it depends what you want to hear. Um, <laughs> give them both sides. <laughs> give me no. Give me the I, the I gonna make you lean Buffalo. At, Buffalo's eight no against the spread in their last. Yes, eight. no, that's it. That's what I had too. I love that. Thank you very I much. Hear it over under. Uh, I love Buffalo. I think they're a really good team. I think this team has the potential to make it through this entire playoff. I think that they could win the Super Bowl. High chances. This is a very, very good offense. Cole Beasley, however, questionable this weekend. Hopefully he'll play, but I like the six and a half. Josh Allen slinging the football around right now. Like Reese said, 8-0 in their last eight games. That means they were 3-5 and five against the spread at one point this season. Mm-hmm. Now 11-5. and five. They're on a roll. Let's keep them rolling. They had a dominant win last week. As if an you, under- yeah, if you, if you watch them play Miami, they did not miss Cole Bleasy. That game was almost an absolute lock at minus one and a half. <laughs> then they became dogs. They took them at one and a half, oh. and then I got a money line. They won me quite a bit of money. Just can't go away from the thir- third in the league in uh, passing offense, and they're also five and ho- five and zero oh as a home team against the spread in the last five meetings too against the Colts. Too, Let's so. pray for a hangover. Love that. Love that. Love that. Okay, Buffalo. That's the pick. Unless you're shaped. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. I want to hear some on the over under. So he says Shape's got a little bit. He's once this low scoring, he doesn't want to shoot him out with Buffalo. So I want to know if we got anything on the over under right now with these two teams. Uh, I got the I got the over under at fifty two, um, but from what I saw, is the under is four and all in the last four games, and then it's also six and one in Buffalo's last seven. That's good. That's so good. the under, if you're looking to make money and not pick a team, go for the under, or pick Buffalo and make double money. <laughs> there you go. Okay, let's go to Lumen Field. Rams Seahawks, uh, weird game. Rams are ten and six and nine and seven against the spread. The Seahawks are twelve and four and eight and eight against the spread. L.A. is a four-point underdog, rightfully so. The over-under is only 42-and-a-half. And if you're betting L.A. to win the game, they're plus 170 on the money line. What's the move? This one, again, is interesting, maybe for a different reason, because you have the best defense in the NFL in Los Angeles. Um, and then you have a sputtering offense on that same side. But then you have Russell Wilson, who has been in the MVP conversation most of the year, and a team that's gotten better on defense through the weeks but hasn't been great quite yet. So this is intriguing to me. Um, if LA can keep Russell Wilson, you know, kind of in check, cause you're not going to contain the guy hundred percent, but if you can kind of keep him in check and get your offense to do a little more than what they've been doing, this game has potential for them to win it. And I'm not opposed to Rams here at all. And I, I think plus the four is not a bad look. I don't, it's obviously, I don't think it's going to be high scoring because I truly think that um, Rams defense can hold with hold Russell Wilson. And they've done it this year already. You know, they're one-on-one in their two meetings um, they're lost. They only gave up 20, but the offense only put up nine. So they're going to need help from the offensive side. But I do think Russell Wilson might be a little too much, but I'm leaning plus the four. I think if the Rams offense can show up at even just a little bit, I think this is very well mixed up for an upset. I don't know. I think that Russell Wilson's a great quarterback, but his offensive line is proven this year that they are not capable of really keeping him safe in the pocket. He's going to be running for his life, especially when you have Aaron Donald in that large defensive line for the Rams. I mean, four is perfect because I see this coming down to a field goal. Even if the Seahawks win this game, I think you hammer the Rams. I really like the way their defense plays and they can get some pressure on Seattle. And by the way, Seattle's defense 
is not very good this year either. So even though how Jerry Goff's injury, what it's playing like, and how shaky the Rams' offense has kind of been this year, Seattle's defense is not very good. So I definitely would hammer the Rams at plus four. I like Seattle here. For the reason being, these teams played not too long ago, two weeks ago to the day. Uh, two days after Christmas, they played uh, – the Seahawks won 20-9. Obviously, you don't get a Rams output there offensively at all. <clears throat> it's the playoff Seahawks. That means Russell Wilson's on another level. He's been on another level pretty much the whole year, just got outplayed by Aaron Rodgers, who's most likely going to be the MVP. That guy's been rolling too. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But Russell Wilson at home in the playoffs, obviously – High intention, big game. Give me the Seahawks by four. Uh, L.A., one of the worst losses in the NFL this year to the Jets. But then again, the Browns lost to the Jets. So good teams losing to the Jets. I get it. It's the NFL, but that's still a horrible, horrible loss. So I cannot see myself laying points with L.A. Yeah, I mean, Seattle Seattle is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Is because Russell Wilson is like that whole offense right now, it feels like. And D.K. Metcalf has had his time to shine. But I, you take a Russell Wilson away from that team, and they're nowhere near the playoffs. Like, the, he has that much potential, which scares me going against him. But I think seeing a team twice, you know, once they put up 16-1 and one and 20 in the other. So the Rams' defense is there. They understand how to defend them. And their defense has given up 23-9. and nine. So, like, this is, like, unbelievable to me that this line's at four, not, like, two and a half or three. Because the home field advantage isn't going to do much for you now. Right. And you've been there, played there plenty of times. Yeah. No 12th man. Okay. So, let's go Bucks at the Washington football team. Really weird game. Washington somehow got, got in. Not a bad against the spread team, however. Tampa Bay is 11 and five overall and nine and seven against the spread. Washington is seven and nine and nine and seven against the spread. Tampa Bay is an eight and a half point favorite. The total is 45. And if you're betting Washington to win the game, It's plus 325. What is the move? I have no move for this game. I have it as a complete stay away. I like like a couple couple of things in this game. I agree with what Reese just said. I think eight and a half is too much. But really, I want to play the under in this game. Tampa's defensive line has been pretty solid all year. And And they struggle to score. Tampa Bay struggles to score football. And if you watch watch that shitty game Sunday night – Man, as much as a great story it has been, Alex Smith is so uncomfortable outside of the pocket, and he is so slow. And, I mean, rightfully so. I would be scared to even get back on the field if I were that guy. I think this defensive line is going to give him a lot of issues. I don't see Redskins putting up a lot of points. But then again – Whoa, whoa, who? Washington football. I don't see Washington putting up a lot of points, but honestly – I don't see the Bucs either. They have the rookie of the year in Chase Young. This is a solid Washington uh, defense. And listen to this uh, kind of – it's not a stat, but listen to their last four games for the Buccaneers when they played at 8 o'clock this year. Their first one, they lost at Chicago to the Bears. They beat the okay. Giants in an ugly game by two points. They lost by 35 to the Saints, and they lost by three to the Rams. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, when they play a night game, they are not very good. So I see this playing under easily. I could probably see them winning 
17 to 10 is probably my prediction. So I would play Washington spread, and I'm really going to play the under in this game. Tom Brady needs the sun to get energy. It's, and then this is Tampa. Tampa's always been known as not a good team to play in the cold. It's going to be in D.C. It's going to be Saturday night. Sun won't be out. It will be cold. I don't know. A lot, a lot of leaning towards no, not a lot of points. But Tampa's put up 44, 47, 31, and 26 in their last four. Right. And I get that the teams may not have the same defense. Washington does, obviously. They're number two in the NFL defensively. But there's so many weapons. And with Mike Evans' day-to-day, obviously that's a big piece. But that's a huge piece. Arians does expect him to be back, though. He but does expect him to be back. I just see – I don't want to lay points for the team who's not going to score much. They may not score more than 14 points, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, but that Tampa defense is good, too. I mean, you have Shaquille Barrett on the – defensive line and other pieces around him, I think they can cause a lot of havoc. And Washington has shown it doesn't take a lot to ruin what they're trying to do offensively. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I probably won't play Washington. I'm, I'm hammering the under. Okay. So you got, got any got any under over-under stats for me to hopefully support Over-unders everywhere. I think it was for if you're taking Washington, take the under. If you're going to take Tampa, take the over. So pretty much <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, no, this, this is a weird game. But wait really fast. Let me jump back. We, have not, we didn't talk about the over-under in the Rams-Seahawks game, but let me read you a couple of betting trends from this game. This is a list. This is a full list. The under is 4-0 in the Rams' last four games. The under is 4-0 in the Rams' last four games after allowing less than 15 points. The under is 6-1 in the Rams' last seven games following a win. And then for Seattle, the under is 5-0 in Seahawks' last five games after – allowing less than 50 yards rushing under is five and oh in the Seahawks last five games following it against the spread loss every single stat points to the under in that game I just thought I'd mention that don't don't twist my arm I'll take the over yeah and there's also seven one in Seattle's last eight games at home. <laughs> it's crazy I every literally every betting trend in that game points to the under but I, I rewind that sounds like that. I've never seen a list like that in my life okay. it sounds like it's going over well, yeah, that's want, exactly what it sounds like. Exactly. You want to hear, hear Stafford's Tampa Bay and Washington game? Yes. Both teams are 0-4 against the spread in their last four playoff games, so something's got to give here. Okay, just Someone's saying that. win. That Tampa one don't count. They haven't been there in ages. That doesn't matter. Doesn't I count. think if you're going to have to play this game, you cannot – I just – I cannot bring myself as a human being or a sports fan to bet against Tom Brady. I just won't do it, especially in the playoffs, especially just being who he is, the greatest of all time. He is the greatest of all time. Tom Brady, I can't bet against him. So if I'm going to lay the points, I'm going to give Tampa Bay. I, if you want to be comfortable, lay Tampa Bay. If you want to be uncomfortable, lay Washington. You just don't know who the hell is going to show up. That's exactly right. It's the NFL. It's so week to week. It, it all depends on who shows up and what teams show up. But let's go to probably one of the best games of the wild card weekend, other than the Colts game. I love the Ravens-Titans game. I think this is going to be a great game. Baltimore rolls in 11-5. and five and 10 and 6 against the spread and Tennessee is 11 and 5 as well but they are 7 and 9 against the spread the spread in this game is 3 in favor of the Ravens the total is 55 and if you're betting Tennessee on the money line they're plus 150 well I'm kind of torn in between this but I'll tell you what I'm leaning I'm leaning the Ravens to win this game the only thing pulling me away from not picking the Ravens is obviously we know of Lamar's only two playoff games in his career and how that outcome has occurred However, I think Lamar and this Ravens team is hot. I think they're finally going to break the spell. 
And I think they're going to break the spell because of the Titans defense and how bad that defense really is, especially on the run, which is when you have the best scrambling quarterback in the National Football League. I think he's going to tear, tear apart this Titans defense. I saw watching them last week, kind of seeing where the Colts were going to be in the playoffs. So I was really paying attention to that uh, Titans-Texans game. And Deshaun Watson absolutely tore apart that Titans defense in the second half, especially with his legs. The Texans have no offensive line, and that's exactly what Lamar Jackson is really good at. Uh, Baltimore's won five in a row, like I said, averaging 37 points a game. I think if you want to play this, I would also lean an over. I think that Derrick Henry is – he's just as good. I think – I would want to put him at the MVP, but MVP is almost a quarterback award nowadays. But he's just as hot. He's running the ball very well. I see the Ravens winning by the skin of, skin of their teeth in a high-scoring game. So I, I look at this, and I see two teams who want to run the ball in two different ways. The Titans want to run the ball to set up play action for Tannehill, who's been really solid all year. And the Ravens want to just spread you out with the run because they have so many weapons in the backfield and things like that. Like, there's two different – play styles here with running the football that being in mind i don't mind an under i get tennessee is whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. we got yeah. two different sides the over and the under <laughs> i think i think just running the ball on both sides is going to take away so much clock like i and i don't i know that um, they they derrick henry ran, rushed for 250 yards last week and they both scored like 75 points or something the texans between the texans and the titans is what i'm saying yes but Looking at this, right, like this is – that doesn't matter anymore, the fact that you're going to put up a ton of points. It's just winning games now. And you, if they're in a situation where they are up in the second half, they're going to feed him even more than they would regularly. And the Baltimore Ravens, are they peaking at the right time? Maybe. Like they have a chance to win a game here and win a playoff game. And they, But they are a little more equipped to stop Derrick Henry. So if they make – the Titans one-dimensional with Tannehill without the play-action pass, without getting out of the pocket and all the um, stuff going on around him. I think they have a chance to cover it pretty easy, but I don't, I don't love an over here for sure. Like I definitely think they can slow down Lamar Jackson. I think they can slow down Derrick Henry on the other side. So I think both of these teams are very bad at playing from behind. I mean, there's, I mean, you've seen the Ravens when they're behind Lamar Jackson is not the quarterback you want to be because he's not going to kill you with his arm. But at the same time, I don't really want Ryan Tannehill behind a lot of points because they can't rely on giving the ball to Henry in order to come back from down two touchdowns. So That's what I'm saying. Neither one wants to get down, so they want to possess the ball. They want to keep it in their hands and make sure that the clock is moving. They are the ones that have the say on what happens with the end of a quarter, end of a half, end of a game. So people, this is a possession ball game. This is going to be who has the football. This Titans team is really weird. Um, they've won games big when they matter, but they've also lost games big when they mattered then. Like they get beat by the Colts 34 to 17 in that first matchup that had a lot of implications of who was going to win that division. And then they get, they slacked the Colts like two weeks later, 45 to 25, uh, in a, in a weird game at, in Indianapolis. I think this Titans team is really weird. Baltimore is playing their best football of the year. Like we've said, I guess I take the Ravens by three. If it comes down to a field goal and I push, so be it. But I can't lay points with this Titans team being the way they are. They only beat the Vikings by one. They beat the Broncos early in the year by two. Uh, they're kind of a hit or miss team. So depending upon what team shows up here, I could either see it being a Baltimore route or a really close game. I can't see it, however, being a Titans win. I cannot lay point with ten 
lay points with Tennessee. Uh, so I'd go Baltimore if I had to make a pick. Reese, do you have any stats for me? Uh, let's see here. Well, if you're looking at an over-under type of situation, it's pretty Ooh, much here's, the, here's, the, here's the make or break. Hold on. Before you say it, what? this is the make or break between the argument. JP said the under – and Schaefer said the over. What's well, these, these, these uh, don't really point or anything. It's just basically, if you're looking, for, it's the same thing as a watch thing. If you're, looking, if you're looking for the under, take Baltimore. If you're looking for the over, take Tennessee. So, well, Parks, remember the last time we laid three and a half against, uh, or for the Titans? They got schlacked by 26 against the Packers. Give me Baltimore. He just yeah, made up my mind. I said I had half. They're, the they're playing really good Give football me the right now. If you make the Titans one-dimensional, they're fucked. That's why if they, if they are one-dimensional, they're not going to score points. If they play from behind like they did against the Packers and you eliminate Derrick Henry from the points. run game and you make Tannehill pass on second on second down instead of just giving the ball to Henry, they're not very good. We watched watch that points. shit show. JP, are they going to score points? No. I thought I, didn't, I thought I heard you say it. No, they're, they're not going to score points. Also, if Lamar Jackson goes down, don't forget we have Trace McSorley coming in. <laughs> Baltimore <laughs> for that reason. Then the Titans are absolutely fucked. Yeah, if Trace Ball- McSorley comes in, give me the Baltimore by 90. <laughs> All right, let's jump. Oh, no, man. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You go. I'll say, well, Baltimore is six and zero against the spread in their last six, and well, then yeah. Tennessee no, is it. also. No, no, here you go. Here's another one. <laughs> Tennessee is an zero and three, zero three and one against the spread in their last four home playoff games. Oh, so. I love it. I love it. Give me Baltimore by three. All right, yeah. let's go to Bears Saints. Chicago coming out of the NFC North, eight and eight, and they're eight and eight against the spread. A split team. New Orleans is twelve and four and nine and seven against the spread. Chicago is a ten point underdog. The total is forty seven. If you're betting Chicago to win the game, you're plus four hundred. What are you guys doing? I'm going to be completely honest, and JP wants me to go first. I hate watching the Bears. Uh, they played the Colts this year, and that'll be the one and only time I watch the Bears. This will be a really boring game. I don't see this in the Bears fashion of whatsoever I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play in it actually I really won't I can see the Saints kind of choking because that's kind of what they do when the playoffs come around but this Bears team is actually terrible and their offense is horrible it's in the dome so maybe I could see a 10 point uh cover by the Saints and just an absolute piss pounding of this team but hopefully maybe if you have the Bears the Khalil Mack and that defense can kind of keep Drew Brees under wraps and but yeah no no play for me in any sort of fashion this game but I actually before JP gives his pick a little side note uh I would be giving player props but they're not out yet if you guys are uncomfortable with NFL bets and stuff like that play player props they're actually really easy they're really easy especially when there's high scoring games and uh it keeps you interested so but JP yeah interesting to me because talking about a defense of the Bears that's been pretty solid all year they did just lose Roquan Smith last week unsure on his status right now um their receiver Darnell Mooney also questionable right now so that's two pieces of an offense and one piece of or one piece of an offense one piece of a defense that are a big deal especially when you're going against a team in the Saints that run the ball as well as they do with Kamara um Saints in the Dome never a good thing you don't want to go there and play them too often but I do see 10 being a lot of points but I just you're not going to bring me around to laying points to the Bears this week for sure. So if I had to lay it, I'd lay the 10. I don't really want to, but um, looking, I think 47 might be a little high. I mean, if the Saints defense plays the way they've been playing most of the year, I think they can hold them to a low total. And Drew Brees is going to play a Drew Brees brand of football. 
Uh, a lot of dump downs, short intermediate passes that just work sticks, you know, not a lot of big gainers and things like that. So I can see an under in this. Uh, I'm not going to touch this game. I'm with Shafe. This is weird because you have Alvin Kamara just ruled out yesterday, out indefinitely due to illness. Latavius Murray out indefinitely due to an injury. So if the Saints are missing offensive weapons like that, then I don't know what the hell is going to happen in this game because that Bears defense isn't that bad, but their offense does stick. Their offense is bad. So I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. Uh, if you had a gun to my head and made me make a pick, I would tell you to lay New Orleans because I hope Drew Brees throws for 500 yards. But I think this Bears team is incredibly, incredibly fraudulent. They've been that way all year. Uh, they, what were they at 1.5-0 and 0 or 5-1? and 1, And now they're 8-8 eight and 8 and they snuck into the playoffs. So I can't see laying points with the Bears team uh, that's been that way. So if I had to pick it, I'd pick New Orleans. But I'm not going to play this game at all. Reese, do you have a would have, would have much rather watched Kyler Murray and the Cardinals play in this game, but yeah, that's beside the point. I'd definitely play it under in this situation, especially if both sides have someone out offensively and with a solid defense in New Orleans. I think an under is not a bad look. I, I don't disagree with that, JP. I think it's a good pick. Reese, do you have a stat? People forget that the Bears only lost to New Orleans early in the season by three points, and they took them to overtime. Uh, and now with uh, Mitchell Trubisky at the helm uh, for the offense, they're Offensively, a lot better than what they were um, back then. So, I mean, the 10 points, I don't think it's a terrible idea. Um, only issue is that in the last seven the Bears are 1-5-1 against the spread. Um, however, the Saints are also 0-5 against the spread in the last five as a playoff favorite, and then also just 0-4 against the spread in the last four home playoff games. So, I feel like 10 is a lot to give the Saints, especially – Especially playoff football, you don't know who's going to show up or what's going to happen. Everything's out the window when they get. Saints back. usually don't show up. I'm with you there. Yeah. The Saints usually. Drew, Drew Brees hasn't looked that great this year. I mean, when you watch those games, there's some. He started off 0 6 that one game, but started off with a pick too. I mean, just hasn't been a sub. If they can get the run game going, then then I don't mind it. But I just think 10 points is too many for a playoff game, um, for the Saints at least. And let's let's not forget, if for some god known reason Mitch Trubisky goes down. In the game, they have the greatest backup quarterback in the history of football. Big Dick. <laughs> Big Dick he was a starter, and he was playing terrible this year, though. The Chicago. He's the greatest backup quarterback of all time. That's what he is. So, if he goes <laughs> back, watch out. All right. Let's go to the Browns and Steelers. The Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs. You heard that right. The Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs. They are 11-5, and five, but they're 6-10 and 10 against the spread. Pittsburgh is 12-4. and four. And they're ten and six against the spread. Uh, the line is six points in favor of Pittsburgh. Is all the total is forty-seven and a half. And if you're betting Cleveland to win the game, they're plus two twenty-five. I got on this early. I got on it actually this afternoon. This is the only playoff game I've put in my bet in yet. I got the Steelers at five and a half because uh, I was listening to uh, the radio this afternoon when I heard the news that Stefanski wasn't coaching, and so I immediately grabbed my phone and I hammered the Steelers because the I thought this was going to skyrocket. Um, it's still at six. I look for it to kind of increase because you don't really know with this whole Corona season and everything, there might be guys out Friday night. You know, you never know with these tests that are coming out. They've kind of, the Browns have been battling COVID the last two weeks. Uh, like we saw versus the Jets, their entire receivers were out and they lost to the Jets. And last week they barely won by the skin of their teeth against a Mason Rudolph led Steelers 
I don't know. Having your head coach out is almost as bad as having, having your starting quarterback out. Uh, the Steelers are 10 and 6 against the spread. On the opposite side, the Browns are 6 and 10. I don't know. I just think that when I watched last week, when the Steelers almost beat the Browns, their backup quarterback at home, and now that their coach is out, their Pro Bowl guard, uh, Bettino. Yeah, I think I said that right. Bettino is out, and along with many other guys. I just, this is awesome. I'm glad the Browns finally broke the curse, but. Who knows? They might have a lot more dudes out, and they might not even be practicing. I don't. I don't know if they said that their facilities are closed. So, I just think that the Steelers are gonna probably go out there and kick their ass. Yeah, I'm looking at this game, and I definitely would lean Pittsburgh. Um, but I also like an under with pieces out and Stefanski out, and different things going with the Browns, and they haven't been playing their best football by a million. And last week's game against them doesn't mean anything. You look at the Steelers, like, basically they got another look at Cleveland without playing most of their starters. And Cleveland had to play a lot of twos and threes and scratch something out. So I don't hate the six. If it gets up to seven, or I'd probably be out just because I don't want to play seven and have to, you know, play for nine, ten points, especially in a playoff game where points are absolutely, you know, hard to come by because defense has stepped up a little bit and things like that. But I could definitely see an under. I don't know if Big Ben's going to have a breakout game. I don't know if he's going to um, have the firepower to go up and score a ton of points in this one. So I'd lean under in this one as well. I had a lean as well. I would lean Pittsburgh here, especially after Schaefer talking and laying out those stats and who's out and who's not. Uh, also, the home team is 5-1 and one in their last six in this meeting in particular. So I got to lay Pittsburgh by six. I don't want it to go higher than that either. I agree with JP. Uh, seven, I feel uncomfortable. Uh, also, Cleveland for an upset here is not out of the works. Obviously, they just beat him, but it was a backup quarterback. There's a lot of things that go into this game. Uh, it's kind of that middle of the range line. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. So I'm going to lay Pittsburgh by six uh, because I'm going to ride with my boy Schaefer. Reese, do you have a stat? Uh, just going off of your five and one. Um, Browns are three and 11 against the spread this year on the road. So Ooh. doesn't sound too good. I think I think for this game, you gotta throw all stats out the window. It's NFC North football and it's in the playoffs. These are two very hard-nosed teams. And I think like the like our guest Tyler said the other day, you gotta look at the motivation factor here too. And this is a Browns team who hasn't been in the playoffs for 18 years. Um, these guys are gonna come at them with absolutely everything they got. Stefanski being out obviously is huge. But Baker Mayfield, man, that guy is just energy on the sidelines when he's on the field. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that tweet or not, but uh, when Mayfield was drafted, Colin Coward described him as some, something like a Mustang or something like that, but he's not going to turn the program around. You need like a Maserati. Um, and the play that the Browns ran to get the first down to seal the game against the Steelers to, to secure them in the playoffs was actually called Maserati. So I think that's kind of badass. <laughs> so I, I think this game is going to be the most exciting to watch um, just because I think they're going to have that, that it factor going for them. I would lay the six for the Browns. I, I want to see a hell of a game out of the Browns. Cleveland, like Reese said, they haven't been there in forever. So there could be a lot of firepower coming from that Cleveland team. And a lot of this, I think, depends on whether or not Juju Smith-Schuster makes a TikTok on the midfield dance with the logo again. That motherfucker, he's done that <laughs> multiple times. He almost died against Cincinnati. He did it after he uh, scored a touchdown against them last week instead. 
Yep. He, I don't know. That's a weird uh, curse, I feel like it could be. Uh, but he almost died in Cincinnati when he did that. So we'll see if he does it this week. I assume he will because that's the person he is. Uh, and if he does, look out for Reese's stats and Reese's pick because I could mm-hmm. see it. Also, I wouldn't hate seeing the Browns win, even if I lose the bet. Like, that would be crazy. That would be a huge fucking upset. It would be awesome to see it for the NFL. I think, I think it would be really cool, and I think it would be something that people wouldn't be upset if the Steelers lost, nor that shot, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, this spreads up there, and people want to bet on Pittsburgh, but nobody would be really that shocked if they lost this football game. Steelers have also lost that. the last four out of their five. They also had a – and their win was on a – sorry, Schaefer was in a comeback against the Colts. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, they're not playing that out of the equation. They have now played that great of football this time of the year. <sighs> okay, we talked all the NFL games for this weekend. Let's go to Hoops Hot before the College Football National Championship. Let's go to Hoops Hot. Let's flip the page to basketball, and then we'll go back to football. Who is hot in the NBA or college basketball or both? If you have multiple, we'll let Schaefer go first, and then we'll go around. Who's hot in basketball? Give me a winner. Yeah, I'm definitely always going to give you one, both in college and in the NBA. But I'll start off with my college. I'm going to go who's not, first of all. Because because this is why. This is why. No, you you fade them, and that's a hot hot pick. We need to phrase that differently. Who's hoops hot? Hoops not. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, my team to fade is Michigan State. They're two and eight. Wait, 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 wait. But you said you weren't playing against them tonight. I took Ruck. I took no. Ruckers uh, 300 coins via the Vigit app. Shout out to I'm our Vigit. great sponsor at the Vigit app. Uh, Michigan State, like I said, they're 2-8 against the spread. Uh, they've lost seven in a row against the spread. And they've lost three of their last four straight up. And they just uh, beat their streak against a very, very, very bad uh, Nebraska team. Sorry for any Good. Nebraska basketball fans out there. No, there's no Nebraska basketball fans. fans. Just Creighton yeah, fans. Crazy They're fans. called Jayskers. <laughs> Jayskers. Those are the worst kind of people. <laughs> and as well as defensively, <laughs> they're not playing very well. They're giving up 76 points a game. I just – I am not bought into the uh, Rocket Watts and Tom Izzo and Michigan State. Well, especially since they lost me uh, against Minnesota about a week ago. So, I would say if this gets out tonight – Pick Rutgers, underdog, and East Lansing tonight. So on to my uh, NBA one, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, since their weird loss against the Cavs, like I talked about, I think on last week's pod, uh, they've won, I think, five, four in a row straight up and three in a row against the spread. Uh, they play a poor Washington team uh, tomorrow, actually, who's two and five this season. They previously have actually played each other. Um, the very first game of the year, Washington covered because they were like seven and a half point underdogs and Philly won by six, but they just came off of a big win against this uh, former Thunder teammate, uh, Kevin Durant in the Nets. So I look for Washington to have a hangover game and I would pick Philly to cover by six tomorrow because they're the hottest team in the NBA this week. Interesting pick. Uh, well, to be honest with you, it ain't changing. It ain't changing because they did it again. Oh, my. I mean, okay, okay, no, no, let me stop you. Here we go. Let me stop you then. If you're going to pick Drake as your who hot team, how about you play him? He, Buddy I hasn't played play him in the last three weeks no. and he's, or the last False. three games, False. and they've been hot for False. him. I played them Sunday. I didn't play him yesterday. That's the only difference. 
Played them Sunday, didn't play them yesterday. So, no, I haven't been playing them. I haven't played them every single time, but I've played them or Sunday, not yesterday. Doesn't matter because they're still undefeated against spread. Schaefer's mad. He hasn't done it at all. That's all I got to say. Like, We're talking about the Drake Bulldogs, right? Oh, that was a, oh, that yeah. was a lot of work to get Drake Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> There's mouth. a lot of work to get there. Oh, I'm sorry that Schaefer came at me before we even got to the point. I hear. Uh, uh, he goes. He goes. Oh well. Why don't you play him? Why don't you play him? I don't know, Schaefer. Why don't you play him? If you haven't been listening to me all these times. Okay, Lee. Thanks for coming to the uh, JP's oh, Mad Podcast, presented by Biggin. <laughs> uh, my my hoops hot. Um, I'm going along with Schaefer's Seventy Sixers. They won four straight. Um, then other than those guys, the Suns. Uh, Suns obviously adding Chris Paul this year. Um, much different. Team. NBA. Um, they've also won four straight, um, before they lost to the Clippers. Obviously Clippers are a very good ball game too. And they were only very good ball game. Very good team. Sorry. (laughs) They were only two points off of covering, um, against them as well too. So Reese might not tell you, but he's a big NBA guy now, now that he's sports bets, he's playing way more NBA than college basketball. Yep. Okay. My hoops hot team comes from the summit league and it is the North Dakota state bison. They are 7-3 and three against the spread this year. They've been rolling, and they have a couple of games, back-to-back games coming up against UNO, the University of Nebraska at Omaha, who is a bad basketball team. They're only bad when I don't bet on them. If I bet against them, they usually somehow cover. But they're a bad basketball team overall. I'm going to bet against them here. I like North Dakota State to beat them both times and cover. Doesn't matter what the line is. UNO is horrible. They got beat by double digits back-to-back nights against Oral Roberts, who also is hot. Look out for Oral Roberts. Uh, but North Dakota State out of the Summit League is my hoops hot team. I think another one to keep your eye out on is the St. Louis Billikens. So they are 6-2 and two ATS right now. Um, one of their ATS losses was as a road favorite at Minnesota. Right as Minnesota started to hit a little bit of a stride and win three consecutive games big. Um, but the Billikens have been a solid basketball team for quite some time. And they usually play in a very tough A-10 that's competitive again this year. But I think they're a pick to win that conference. So keep an eye out on the Billikens. All right. Let's jump to it. We're going to have our closing remarks on the college football season. And we're going to give you our pick for the Bama-Ohio State college football playoff national title game. First, we'll give our pick. Let's go in. Ohio State, 7-0, 4-3 against the spread. Bama, obviously, 12-0. The SEC champs are 8-4 against the spread. Bama's a seven-point favorite. The over/under is seventy-five, and if you're betting Ohio State to win the game, they're plus two thirty. I think I saw that that over/under. I think that was the isn't that the highest over in any national championship? It's down. Anyway, I, isn't that the highest it's ever been in a national championship game? I thought I saw that. Probably. That's, that's, that's going to be It is a lot. However, I think that might be my play. Both teams. I like obviously that. have great quarterbacks. You know, Justin Fields is obviously a top two, maybe even one, whatever your argument is. Quarterback in the nation, Mac Jones, you know how good he is. But also, these teams are both very good at running and throwing the ball. And I think, obviously, we knew how good Trey Sermon was for Ohio State. We saw him run against that Northwestern defense uh, a couple of weeks ago, but we thought, meh, push it under the rug. He's not – Clemson's easily going to win. Well, he showed how good he was against a pretty decent Clemson defense last week. And I think this defense for Alabama is really not all it's hyped up to be. But you have Trey Sermon on one end. You have uh, Najee Harris on the other. 
You have the receivers that Alabama has with Devontae Smith, obviously the best player in the country, and then Ohio State has their guys. I don't know. I just I think that Ohio State matches up Alabama similar to the way Florida did as far as pro talent's concerned. So I see just a lot, a lot of points in this game. I see both teams maybe even touching the 40s. To be honest, as far as spread's concerned, I don't know what to play. I was super down on uh, Ohio State, obviously, going into last week. But they obviously gained, gained the nation's respect. Alabama's defense is not what it used to be, but their offense is as good as it's ever been. I'm Like I said, I keep kind of repeating myself over, 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 but – I did play Alabama last week in the first half against Notre Dame. That was a no sweat. I kind of see Alabama coming out hot, kind of trying to intimidate Ohio State a little bit, trying to bang up Justin Fields, who only nobody knows what his injury, what his injury actually is. I see Alabama covering in the first half at three and a half and then the overhitting in the game. That will be probably my two plays for this game. This game is intriguing, unlike any other national championship is for a couple of reasons. Teams play a different amount of games. There's no um, cross-conference play where you can actually, like, evaluate how good this conference is until bowl season. So, and we've seen the SEC and we've seen what the Big 12 or Big 10 has done. Um, and the ACC obviously isn't what all thought out to be. We knew the Pac-12 wasn't. Um, and it, just looking at this game, seven and a half, I don't want to lay that in a national championship game. But if I were to lean away, I think I'd play Ohio State. Because I think – I get that they had their big hype game. They had their big situation where they were talked down upon so much. That's over now. Like, that's over. People believe that this team is very good. I think defensively, you knew they had hiccups, but Clemson didn't find them for some reason. You know, it's they stepped up last week. Um, they got to Trevor Lawrence. They sent a couple messages. Like, they have this motivation and a coach in Ryan Day who is very solid and very good at what he does, and he understands his players. So playing plus seven and a half, I don't hate because there are holes on Alabama's defense and people have been able to find them. Now, Ohio State's a lot more athletic than Notre Dame. They have a lot more pieces to get out in space. And I think that's a big difference. Like you're seeing Alabama's defense has been solid and they were solid a week ago whenever the game was. But Ohio State has a better offensive scheme, a better offensive minds and a better quarterback, frankly, to pick apart a defense that was shown to be weak against Florida. So I'd play the seven and a half. As for over under, interesting to me because it, everything points over, 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 right? But in a national championship game, I feel like teams step up on both sides of the ball. So I just, it's hard to see a national championship game just flying up and down the field. So, like, because you've never really seen it, you know? Like, you had spurts of it last year in the Clemson LSU game. But I think this year it's tough for me to see it over, but I wouldn't play the under because who wants to bet an under a national championship game, right? So I don't like either side of that, but I like Ohio State plus a seven and a half. And if this gets to eight, I'm even happier with it. So yeah. I agree with that. Okay. I think I'm with JP. I, the way Ohio State played this weekend was astonishing. Everybody was watching that game. What the hell is going on? That offense at Ohio State is the real deal. Justin Fields, I don't think he threw a bad ball all game. Trey Sermon, one of the best running backs in the country, obviously went under the radar a little bit, only playing six games. Last week makes another statement. He did it against Northwestern. Also, that shows you how good Northwestern's defense is because Clemson got blown away by that offense. 
Give me Ohio State plus seven. I do not feel comfortable with them on the money line, however, because Ohio State, if they get in that high-scoring battle, which I think this will be, so I don't hate the overplay either by Schaefer, I still think they edge him out because statistically, Alabama is damn near right with LSU where they were last year, and that was like one of the greatest college football teams of all time. Mac Jones is completely capable of throwing all over this Ohio State defense. So give me a high-scoring battle that Alabama wins, but I like Ohio State to cover the seven. Yeah, All right. I, I, Let's do closing remarks on college football. After what, what did you say? One second on this game. Do you think this game is – I think it's interesting because you were just talking about how Alabama and LSU are pretty even on, you know, the offensive front. I feel like that hasn't been hyped up near as much as it was last year, right? Like are people tired of seeing offenses like this from those two teams or are they just like that team last year was the first to do it. So it's like, you know, this team is just doing it too. Like, isn't that something Uh, to kind of look at? Joe Burrow will be a much better pro than Mac Jones, I think. I think that Justin Jefferson, I'm not saying a much better, but I think he's going to be a better pro than um, Devontae Smith. And then you had, what was it, Jamar Chase? And then, obviously, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, Najee Harris might be better than Edwards-Hilaire. We'll just have to wait and see. But Isn't it crazy you just listed off, like, six names and already <laughs> kind of making an impact in the NFL? Yeah, I, think the, I just think Dallas – Dante had, Smith is a lock for the highest man after last week, by the way. It's tonight, so it'll already be done by the time you probably listen to this. But Devontae Smith, probably your Heisman winner. Congrats, Devontae. Yeah, they voted before. Yeah. But you see that picture of – it was, like, on Twitter, and it said – no wonder Tua has that it factor. There's a picture of the receiving room at Alabama. Jerry Judy. Yeah. Henry, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. It had Devontae Smith and Waddle all in the same receiving room. How about like, the there's... picture of Mac Jones, Tua, and Jalen Hurts right next to each other? And they're like, this is not Photoshop. Like, that's crazy. Those, those pictures are sick. That's crazy. But... Yeah, Bama's never going to be bad. As long as Saban's there, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. They're recruiting eighth graders. That's why. They're like, they find <laughs> the seven-foot eighth graders that are going to grow up and be Alabama football players. I got yeah. some that will make you feel good. Lang yeah, seven, yeah, tell me, tell me. Seven and a half for, for Ohio State. Uh, Alabama's 0-4 against the spread in their last four title games. Ooh, love that. Love that. And I can't lay points to Bama after allowing that backdoor cover. God damn it. Yeah, that was that was a kick in the nuts. Thanks, Nick Saban, for that pointless 15-yard penalty for no goddamn reason. Yeah, that was a big deal, too. And how did that get a penalty, but Matt Campbell pointing his finger as if it was a gun didn't a week earlier? Like, that was crazy. Okay, closing remarks on college football. We'll go Schaefer, JP, Reese, if you have anything, and then I'll give my message to college football. What, what did we think about the season? Obviously, it went well for us. We're winners. We're way up. I'm going to do the complete records when it's all said and done with, and uh, you'll see. Holy crap. I First of all, as far as even just the season's concerned, I want to just say shout out to the Big 12 for letting this season happen. We were back in August. Hold on while, hold on while Schaefer sucks at Big 12's dick. No, hey, I'm just saying, hey, you, you laugh. But guess what? Who was the conference that saved this season while the Pac-12 and the Big 10 wanted to leave town? I'm just saying, if it weren't for those guys, if it weren't for the SEC and the ACC being really as stubborn as they were, we wouldn't have had this season. Yeah, it was a little fucked up at times, but we still had a lot of winners. We had a lot of fun. There was a lot of crazy games. As far as the playoff and the bowl games were concerned, after watching the games that happened, I think that the committee not only got the Final Four right, I think that they got the New Year's Bowls right. I thought they were all very competitive. They were all 
uh, a great game. I thought maybe, honest to God, the one team that I wouldn't have put in there, but you had to, was Oregon. They I mean, they were the conference champions, so you had to put them in there, but they might have not deserved it. But North Carolina should have beaten Texas A&M. That was a fantastic game. Ohio State proves to be the uh, real deal. So as much as we love to have topic conversations uh, the entire month of December and November, uh, the committee once again got it right, and I think this is going to be a hell of a national championship. Yeah, thanks, Big 12, I guess. Thanks for contributing to the college football playoff as well. I'm happy you can oh, help oh, us out. Oh, five and all big uh, bowl games this year. Uh, college football what, about, games. what about that Indiana team, JP? Team. Yeah, they didn't have Penix, which oh, we said oh. was a big deal. Did we not? Uh, well, did we not? But we're still playing four and five Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss was. I'm sorry. I'm, okay, Ole I'm sorry. Let, let JP go with football because I have, I, I have to talk. Go. <laughs> okay, first of all, <laughs> he's going to get he's going to get on a Big oh, Ten rampage instead of talking about the season. <laughs> No, I was Go talking about – Sorry, sorry. You're talking about that loss, Indiana, Ole Miss, whatever. Okay, Indiana played a good defensive team. They just couldn't put up points without their star. Like, it's the same concept as if you took um, Russell Wilson away from a Seahawks team and made them play their backup. They're not going to be near as good. It's the same concept. JP, we're talking okay, about the college football that. season. Yeah. JP. Yeah, but you just gave you just gave your little, <laughs> you know, hands and knees to the Big 12, so – Sorry, I, I had to. The, I thought I'd tip my hat to, you know, the team that – or the conference actually had a team in the playoff. But I thought it was an interesting year. It's not necessarily – like, being an Iowa fan, you have two – your two last games canceled. It's tough, um, especially for the kids who had to end their season, you know, with eight games and nobody in the stands and things like that. Now they're heading off to either graduate or enter the draft. Um, I hope I never see a season like this again. I know hope I never have to deal with it again. And I hope for all the players, coaches, everybody on the staff that – next year is a lot brighter and a lot more fun because we want to see those early matchups and we want to see people in the stands and having a good time and back to normal. But yeah, I can't complain about this season at all. You know, it's harder to bet. During the year, but We made it yeah. happen. They made it happen. And hopefully this national championship is a great game and I'm hoping it's close and fun to watch because you don't want to go out with an absolute blowout. So thank you. College football. I'll start by saying if we're going to, if Ohio State should think anyway, it should be Nebraska. Big Ten's not playing <laughs> football if it wasn't for Scott. Brown. Although I w- it probably would have made me a happier person overall if Nebraska hadn't played. Um, but, but thanks, Nebraska. We, we have a Big Ten representative in the college football playoff. All right. My message to college football. But Nebraska and Iowa and Michigan and Ohio State were all on the same train if they want to play this year. Yeah, but who took all the heat the most? Well, I would say – Because Nebraska knew they were going to be bad again. Nebraska and so Iowa voted. Nobody like, would have won the one to play except for Nebraska. Because people thought it was kind of, you know, like, hey, buddy, go kind play your know. neighbor next door that's six foot six hey, or four guys, foot five and just get whipped up on. You we're know? trying to enjoy this. We're trying to enjoy college. You guys are ruining it with your little yeah. household that's bickering. Fine. Come on, guys. It just – if <laughs> we wouldn't have played Big Ten football if Nebraska wasn't as persistent as they were. Okay. My message is college football. I love you. you. It was a great season. I'm glad we had it. But also, figure it the fuck out. Because, again, here we are having the conversation. I think you got it right. I think the best four teams in college football were in the college football playoff. But in a year as it was, where everything's different, everybody plays a different amount of games, you had the perfect opportunity to give a group of five team a chance. If they get their ass whipped, you never come back to it. Obviously, it's a weird season. Rules have changed. Put a group of five team like Cincinnati into the college football playoff. If they get whooped up on, they get whooped up on. So does Notre Dame every time they're there, but they keep continuing to put them there. 
Cincinnati shows themselves. They lose a close game to Georgia. They probably should have won the game. But you, I, I cannot sit here anymore and watch these same four teams that are probably the best programs overall just constantly play each other and play each other. Give the team that goes undefeated a chance. Coastal and Liberty was better, a better game than four of the six New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, it was crazy. Give the group of five team a chance. That's my, only, that's my only ask of you. I love you otherwise. I thought it was a great year. I'm glad we played sports. But you can't keep doing this to teams. You have to award perfection. You have to. I would say to that, if, but I need to see, like, whoever the next good group of five team next year is going to be. I want to see them win it's on the road. Cincinnati again. Okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. I, I just, so if it is Cincinnati, I want to see them winning on the road against – it doesn't even necessarily have to be Ohio State. Let's make it – we want to talk about how good Indiana is. They're going to be good again next year with Penix back. Well, that's what I'm saying is this out. was the perfect year because you had nobody that went outside and played those big games. So why not throw the group of five team in there that's supposed to be the best on their own, coming out of their own conference, and see how they perform? Maybe that's why, and maybe that is why these good group of five teams will hopefully try to reach out and have these good games next year. Maybe going I doubt it. Why would they? Why would they go out and try and play these games that are only going to hurt them in the long run if they lose? If they win, they're expected. If they win, they're convinced that they're legit. Next year, Cincinnati will go to Indiana. The, I actually, go, I actually didn't know that. That was actually way just a complete guess. And then they will go to South Bend, Indiana, and play Notre Dame. There we go. There we go. So if they win those two games, you guys are all in on them. If they go undefeated, absolutely. If they go undefeated, unless there's like four, which no, there wouldn't be because Power Five teams, somebody will have one loss. If they go undefeated next year, run the table. Yes, those are two great wins on the road. Great wins. Coastal next year will play Kansas at home. That's going to be open. And that is the only power five football team they will play. Coastal played Kansas this year, too. Yes, that, but I'm say, saying that's, that's saying. their only power five game this next year as well. I wouldn't schedule them. I didn't have to. Why would I? Why would I take the chance? Why would I take the chance? I have no – it benefits me at zero to take that. You're going to – have to expand if you're going to want to get a group of five team in. I'm just that's just that's, way that's okay. That's where my next part was going. If you're not going to do that college football, I get it because all at the end of the day, you want to make money. That's what the NCAA does. Do my plan. Make the group of five college football playoff. Make it. Give them a chance to win some sort of a title other than the Boca Raton Bowl for the for fuck's sake. I mean, <laughs> look at the, I, the college football playoff. The group of five. We tweeted it out a while ago. It would have been Coastal, it would have been Cincinnati, it would have been Liberty, and it would have been Louisiana Lafayette. What a great I – w- I would watch that before I'd watch Alabama and Notre Dame. That w- it's been an ass-whooping all the time. They're probably going to be closer games. Yeah. It would be so entertaining. Make it happen. People will show up, I promise you. If Cincinnati would have made the college football playoff and they think, oh, it wouldn't have made as much money, I, I would rather go watch that. I would rather go watch a group of five team have that Cinderella team that I can cheer for to win a national title. Just like at the CWS in Omaha every year, I go and I find a coastal or a Long Beach state, which in baseball, it's completely different, but you find that Cinderella team. You don't want a power five. Team. I was, you want to go see. What if you, uh, I don't even know. This is just a dumb example, but I even thought of this. Like what if the power fives only played each other in their own season and then they, everybody else had their own 
They so are you talking about like another division of college football? I mean, pretty much. That's like that's like FBS, FCS, but there would be non-Power Five and Power Five. Yeah, it's a it's no. a dumb, stupid rule, but like, I don't know. It's kind of expanded to what if you expanded it to six, six teams? You gave the one and the two buys. You made. I three, I six, would say buys. that okay. So even if they had six teams this year, that would make the situation for the committee way worse because yes, you know who is getting you know who is going to get in yeah. no well, o- no Oklahoma would have gotten in cuz they beat Iowa State and then probably A&M so you had Oklahoma and A&M and then you know you have six teams in the power 5 conferences that would have made the situation way worse that's what so happens when you're the committee and you drop a Florida team who gets beat by LSU one spot and you drop Cincinnati who wins their game by three spots it, they, it's so different that they have to figure it out. All, all I'm saying at the end of the day, make a group of five college football playoff if you're not going to figure it out, but figure it out. Yeah, and like the FCS, they play a full slate 24-team uh, playoff, yes. but they only play 11 games. I think that would be so you'd have to cut one, right? You'd have to cut a bye game like the SEC playing the Citadel week 10, you know, like those yeah. games would have to go, which is tough for FCS programs, but – at the same time, you I mean, you got to give and take at the same time you're going to expand this thing. I think that would be more entertaining than most bowl games. If we're, I mean, if we're being honest, I mean, some of those bowl games, nobody could give less of a shit about. That's, but that's the problem you've already created with a playoff, is they know that these bowl games don't mean half as much as what they used to. And that's so you've already created a problem. Yeah. So how about you fix it a little more, right? Like, if you're going to let that many bowl games be a thing – the playoff was tough to see anyway. It was like nice to see. It was a change. It was like we're going to get rid of this BCS, which arguably hasn't been much worse than what the committee's done. <laughs> yeah, much or much but, better. You mean the playoff hasn't been? No, much has better. been much worse. Oh, like because the true, everybody hated the BCS. And so you're looking at a situation where if you expand this thing, bowl games mean even less, right? But at that point, you already have them meaning less. There's a. It doesn't matter who, what your team is, what their record is. Kids will always opt out now. Yeah, that, that's you know my favorite part. Flashing back six years now, seven years now to NCAA 14. If I'm going undefeated, if I look at the RPI rankings or the BCS rankings at the end of the year, I could see Texas State. I yeah. could see another 11 and OT. Take it that <laughs> way. Give them a, a shot. <laughs> a that's fun. why video games are the best. And that's why <laughs> NCAA 14 was the greatest video game of all time. Come out with a new one. <laughs> but, but all right, we touched on a lot. Reese, do you have any closing thoughts on college football? I'm just mad that I got into gambling so late. It's been a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, once a month. You missed a lot of good advice. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to next season already. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I am too. I love college football. It's probably the season I get the most excited for with the NHL is college football. I was going to say, you get these arguments like we just had. I mean, you don't get these arguments in the NFL. You're right. That's why everybody loves it so much. I'd like, I'd like to make an announcement that may make everybody happy. Tell me. The FCS has declared that they will play a six-game in-conference schedule starting in late February Ooh, with a national championship in mid-May. But there's Let's go! went from 24 to 16 teams in the playoff, but all conferences will be playing with like an exception of like six schools who decided not to. There's no way. Well, who can you? Are the schools listed who said they're not going to play? I am currently researching that at the moment. That sounds like free content. Free co- we got football. We're going to free content. That's free winners. May. Okay. Uh, do you think Trey Lance plays in that? No. No way. Not a chance. Because he can't gain anything. And if the draft's going to be 
in April. April. It's good, just going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I agree. I was just wondering because he'll be a decent draft high draft pick. Could he Could and, he play like the first game or two no. to try to increase his They already, already did that. They? Yeah, they already did that. They, oh, North Dakota yeah. State played a meaningless game just for him to get film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't see him playing, but I'm excited for FCS football. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, the team in Iowa, the Northern Iowa Panthers, are going to be preseason ranked top five in one of the toughest leagues in the Will FCS Mackelman, too. Maybe. So that'll be exciting because – that league is hard to win. Missouri Valley is a very good FCS conference. Uh, not knowing anything about it because I haven't done any research because they weren't playing. Uh, my pick to win it from right now, uh, James Madison. That's my pick. No, I don't know anything about him. Okay. So we touched on a lot. We love you college football, even though we yelled at you for a little bit. Uh, we gave you winners for the NFL this weekend. We gave you a winner for Bam Ohio State, and we gave you a hoops hot and a hoops not team. Thanks, Schaefer. Uh, so it was a great episode, and I appreciate you joining us. The whole gang will be back next week, and we might go to two episodes. Stay tuned. So uh, we'll see you NHL next week. coming next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, wait, wait. The, the NHL, NHL starts next week. Wednesday. That's big time. So you're yeah. going to get a lot of NHL picks coming up. You're welcome in advance. But thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. I want my own sign off this time. It will say something. <laughs> Don't tell him. <laughs> Jesus. All right, finish it off. Come on, Reese. Give me some. Play piano, man. I love you, man. Loyalty over royalty.